Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. A new report from First Tea, the largest importer of Chinese tea in the U.S., finds most professionals in tea and related industries underprioritize sustainability when stocking inventory. Even with 80% of this group worried about the effects of climate change on business operations, the company's sustainability perspectives is the first study to gauge opinions of tea sustainability among associated industry professionals. Here to tell us more about this report is First Tea Marketing Director Jason Walker. Hi, Jason, and welcome to the NutraCast. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for joining me. 80% of this group cites concerns over the effects of climate change on business operations. So was this surprising to you? So I would say yes and no. It was surprising about such a strong feeling about the the behavior there, but also kind of not surprising in terms of the the actual actions that we're seeing taking place. So first, we do work with a lot of the top global and national brands, and some of these major brands are investing in sustainable initiatives, and they are leading in sustainable teas. But the majority of the brands that we work with are not necessarily seeking any kind of certification a purchase of teas associated with that, whether that be the Rainforest Alliance or Fair Trade Tea. So there is that kind of uh, disconnect. And then another thing that I would kind of talk about is that uh, what's going on in terms of the consumer sentiment about sustainable teas and purchase behavior, because I think we want to look at how the supermarket is still kind of the biggest area where tea is being purchased by the consumer. So I think we need to look at how pricing and availability are kind of feeding into that cycle and that potential disconnect. I would also kind of note that the respondents for this particular survey came from a spectrum within the value chain. So you did have some retailers, but you also had wholesalers and exporters who were you know, not as close to the actual end consumer. So that may have uh, affected the overall perspective on what's going on with the purchase decisions and what's actually happening in terms of concerns. Do you think that's the biggest reason and what's possibly behind this disconnect? I think those are the main areas to look at more carefully. Uh, What's going on with the actual sentiment and concern versus behaviors along the the value chain as, as a whole. Okay. Jason, I'm wondering when you were speaking with all these brands across the globe, did you see any trends based on origin? So now when it came to the actual survey responses, because of the kind of uh, anonymity and respecting of privacy, we weren't able to tease out different global regions. It was more of a collective global perspective. That is an area that we could kind of dig into with more detail in the future, though. Good to know. And so in the survey, respondents were asked about ways to improve sustainability efforts and and how to cultivate and trade in the most sustainable way possible. What were some of the top responses? So there was a section uh, for writing in comments and feedback. And I would say that the, the concerns centered around two areas, one of those being transparency and certifications. So there was a lot more agreement in terms of getting better or more transparency in the value chain, but there was less agreement on the certification aspect. And the comments related to certification 
we're talking more about the level of burden at different stages through the chain. And uh, so, for example, smallholders who need to be certified with some kind of sustainability credential, there's more of a financial burden on that actual grower. Because keep in mind, with tea, especially in major producing countries like uh, China and India, you're looking at about half of all the tea grown in those countries being grown by smallholders, small farms. So there, there's a bit more, a lot more effort that has to be put in and a lot more investment has to be put in for their level, for their compliance activities. So the feedback said that's, that's kind of not fair. What can be done better on that? There's also a little bit less clarity in terms of when you have certifications that go on and you have certifying bodies, sometimes there's there was not enough or there was there were concerns about the amount of transparency in terms of the purchase dollar from the end consumer and how much of that dollar actually gets back into the the grower's hands so there was there was a call within the certification activity for more transparency as well and so along with that there were also some comments that said you need some master plan, some kind of possibly even a universal or legal requirement that would bring together a better fit of transparency and certification. I was going to ask, because I know how dietary supplements work in various countries, and I'm just wondering in terms of compliance and these certifications, I mean, is there any type of regulations placed on tea? In terms of sustainability, there is no across-the-globe shared standard. Different regions will have different standards. The EU will talk about, and, and they've done more on, they did a draft directive on sustainability for corporations. So we are looking at some of these more, some of these requirements coming through the pipeline in the future, probably. So when it comes to specific climate change threats on tea production, what did respondents say that were some of the biggest climate change risk factors that they were concerned about? So I would say this year is kind of a more relevant or has a lot more uh, relevant examples for that question. Uh, yeah. For example, <laughs> China has gone through a significant drought and heat wave. Just for as kind of a reference point, China is the world's largest tea producing country. China itself produces about half of the world's tea by itself. So we have seen in the especially reports in the past couple of weeks, droughts and heat waves have burned and or severely damaged a lot of tea plants. They are already talking about reductions in summer and autumn harvests. Some places that were more severely impacted are talking about how it may even reduce next year's spring 2023 harvest. So we're seeing a lot of that already happening in terms of those climate change threats. Herb botanical producers have been talking about this as well for years. An example is chamomile. They have noted that uh, rising temperatures during the growing seasons in chamomile producing locations across the globe, temperatures are going up, yields going down again over multi-year periods. Yeah. How is First Tea handling supply chain challenges with boots on the ground in China? What is it like? Because I've been on TikTok. I've seen people's shoes melting on the ground, people seeking cover in cool caves. I mean, what is it like there? So 
I would kind of caution against any kind of gloom and doom in this area because China's overall tea supply is still in a good position. Okay. Um, global level and China's tea production have exceeded demand for several years now. China continues to expand in the new tea fields, so they have more production area year over year. But that said, I mean, we are talking about half of all organic tea imports into the U.S. come from, from China. So China is an especially important area for access to organic tea, especially organic green teas. Some of the areas where we are seeing some challenges or more concerns Keep in mind that tea fields are often in some of the more rural and higher elevations. So anytime you've got dry spells followed by heavy rains, then you're, you're getting concerns about floods, landslides. You're talking about the potential for more frequency or more intense uh, typhoons and hurricanes. So that can affect both the production areas and uh, ocean freight shipping that tea across the globe as well. Ocean freight, I could point out also, has been just kind of hectic in the past few years anyway in terms of the the shifting that happened during COVID. That created skyrocketing of costs for shipping. Access to containers to put the product in was a challenge. Uh, port congestion. So all of these things are uh, affecting China, with some of them climate-related and some of them uh, human-related as well. Uh, but a lot of the... Uh, COVID-related stuff is kind of moderating to a good degree, but we're keeping an eye on that stuff as well. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of different industries are experiencing the same thing and certainly find that relatable. I know you mentioned chamomile. Are there any other specific herbs that maybe are doing better or are having more challenges there in China? So I would point out hibiscus. Hibiscus is not so much produced in China, but we are seeing some challenges in access to hibiscus, especially uh, hibiscus in North Africa, Egypt, for example. There is a bit of a supply challenge in terms of having sufficient supply at the moment. So that's something that has to be watched. Hibiscus is a fairly popular uh, botanical at the moment. Okay. And so just to clarify, you work with various countries, right, outside of China as well? First Tea is focused on Chinese teas. We do offer a line of botanicals that are, of course, like I was saying, not sourced from China, including things like chamomile, hibiscus, and some others. Okay. Going back to your survey, professionals were asked about their opinions about what specific sustainability issues consumers care about. What did they have to say about that? So that was another one where the the environment took the center stage. A carbon footprint dominated that kind of response in terms of 84% said that consumers were concerned about the carbon footprint. And that beat out things like fair wages, worker rights, uh, gender equity. Wow. It also looks like there's a little bit of a disconnect between sustainability and organic certification, because when you ask what was most important in terms of certification to consumers, the respondents said that consumers are most concerned about organic certification. And again, just to kind of clarify, organic certification is not a sustainability credential. It is not, it was not intended to really mark any kind of environmental protection or sustainability practice or uh, human welfare practice either. I'm just wondering who's in charge. Is there any industry stakeholders that work on consumer education in this area? So the 
Rainforest Alliance, Fair Trade, they do relay and uh, liaise with the industry itself and with retailers, and they have some initiative direct to consumers. In terms of a global organizing board for the for tea, there is a UN FAO organization that does work with tea, but it is not necessarily in its uh, remit to particularly focus on sustainability initiatives. I do not see a concerted and joint effort between the UN's Sustainable Development Goals initiatives and the T aspect of the FAO. Do you think that would be helpful, though? It could be if it's if it's done well. Different organizations and different T national T boards across different countries are looking at things and handling them differently. For example, when you are aware that China uh, keeps about 85% of each year's tea production stays domestic in China, they have their own sustainable development goals for their domestic production. And those are their primary concern. So each country is kind of balancing out what they need in terms of their internal objectives with the the larger global expectations. And just thinking about that, I had no idea that 85% stayed in that country. What about the U.S. relationship with China? Does that play a role in tea? Has that been affected at all? <laughs> that has been in the news quite a lot, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, so starting, I believe it was around February of 2019, a tariff was imposed as part of the kind of the trade activities between U.S. and China. So prior to that, there was no tariff on teas imported in the U.S. from China. Now that tariff stands at about seven and a half percent. So that has affected trade activities. However, I would say that tea is a bit more politically neutral Tea is a popular, you know, tea is one of the most widely consumed beverages right up there with with water. And I think it outpaces milk in terms of a consumed beverage. So there is wide appeal for tea. And the U.S., again, is not a tea producing country of any significant production volume. So the U.S. and many countries in Europe and elsewhere are dependent on getting tea from China and uh, India primarily. So at the end of the day, you said it's politically neutral and we can all come together and drink some tea together. No issues. That that's the global shared way to all be together is with a cup of tea. Yeah. OK, Jason, I'm noticing a lot of similarities with other industries like the dietary supplement industry and natural products. Is that something that you see as well? So. The survey didn't really touch on that very much, but I would kind of expect to see uh, transparency and certification for the tea industry. I would expect a more broad expectation in terms of increased calls for transparency across many industries, tea, natural products, dietary supplements. We have seen the UN, the US, uh, Europe, have been calling for higher standards in value chain transparency and with the express intent of using that transparency to address both the environmental 
and the human welfare issues related to sustainability and how that transparency might uncover those issues. So I won't be surprised if, uh, say, the amount and uh, scope of regulations and certifications kind of bumps up in the next few years. Yeah, I can definitely see some similarities, especially in terms of transparency and certifications. That's definitely something that we've seen in the industry as well. Uh, for those who don't know, what is the Tea and Climate Change Collaborative? So that is a team of scientists, uh, mostly based out of Tufts University, and they work together primarily to provide data on how and why tea quality is uh, vulnerable to changing climate conditions. And then they link that to consumer purchasing decisions, markets, farmer livelihoods, ecological knowledge, management practices for tea and other agricultural products. I want to shout out to uh, Dr. Sean Cash. He was great to work with. He provided wonderful support for this survey, and we couldn't have done it without him. Okay, so I was just going to ask, did you use this group to help inform your survey? And it sounds like you did. They provided a lot of guidance. We reached out to some of the major tea brands also to get uh, their concerns so that they would, we recaptured useful information for them as well. So there was a lot of collaboration just building up to make sure there was investment and involvement from all everyone around in the tea industry. Okay. And so just taking all of your experience in this report into consideration, what's next? I mean, do you have any predictions for the industry? I would say that what's next is this was, again, this was the first time this, this kind of survey had been done. It was really first of its kind, especially in terms of finding out what's going on in the hearts and minds internally of uh, tea industry professionals, how they see themselves, how they see their consumers and interact with the end consumer. So what we hope to do is this becomes the first of a repeated survey so that we see these changes the changes in perception over the years and track those in a positive direction. And so what is your prediction for the industry? I would just kind of say that we, we looked at several things within the survey in terms of environmental concerns, things that were surprising, potential disconnects, but I, I don't want the picture to be uh, too bleak here. Uh, the tea industry does in general see itself moving in the right direction in terms of giving themselves an average score on their sustainability performance 10 years ago. The tea industry gave themselves a score of four. Uh, that for current practices and sustainability performance, that average score for now is up to 5.5. And then if you ask them what they see as uh, improvements in the next 10 years, that average score gets up to 6.9. So the tea industry does see itself making progress and is hopeful in that sense. So moving in the right direction, you'll have to come on next year and update us on your 2023 report. That's that's the plan. We'd love to do it. All right. First Tea Marketing Director Jason Walker, thank you so much for joining me here on the NutraCast. Thanks, Danielle. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutraCast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutra-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutraCast next week.